0: Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook special interview edition number two with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand Chum, Mr. Paul Levy. Welcome, everybody. And what a night we're going to have this evening. Oh, we're honoured. Deeply honoured, actually. Absolutely honoured to have an absolute Orient legend joining us by phone this evening, the one and only Mr. Frank Clark. Good evening, Frank. Yeah, Yeah, good evening, fellas. Good to talk to you, folks. Thanks for joining. (laughs) <laughs> no problem Frank, thank you for joining us We know you must be a very busy man Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us Absolutely um, So um, for those uh, supporters that uh, aren't so familiar with Frank
1: um, We are going to do a brief introduction uh, about Frank um, There will be a lot of people that will listen to this that are familiar with Frank So apologies for um,
0: mentioning stuff that you may already know Absolutely, so Frank started his career, well professional career, playing left back He joined Newcastle United in November 1962 and made his league debut versus Scunthorpe in April 1964. He stayed at the Toon Army for nearly 13 years and went on to make 388 league and 69 cup appearances. He won a second division championship medal in 1965 and a UEFA Cup winners medal in 1969. And then in July 1975, age 32, you joined Brian Clough at
1: 2nd Division Nottingham Forest on a free transfer and made 116 league and 50 cup appearances. Uh, Frank won the League Championship medal and League Cup Winners' Cup medal in 1978 and the European Cup and League Winners' Cup medals in
0: 1979. And then joined Sunderland as, as an assistant manager to Ken Nineson and helped them to reach promotion in 1980. In April 1981, Frank rejoined Nottingham Forest as a coach before leaving to join up with Knighton
1: again, this time as Orient Assistant Manager. In May 1983, Frank became Orient's 15th manager since World War II and we came close to promotion in
0: 85-86 season and 86-87. So, Frank, this brings you on to your Orient career, so we'll, we'll go from there, yeah, well, Absolutely. So, Frank, what... What made you want to get into management? Through you know, was it decided while you were playing, or was it you finished playing through and decided into management? No, it was, I'd, uh, it was something
2: I always wanted to do uh, when I was playing, and I, uh, I tried to prepare myself as best I could um, in all the uh, all the coaching courses that were available at that time. Uh, coached one or two, uh, one or two uh, local teams, I was the player, Actually coached um, a ladies college football team when I was playing as the company United for a year, uh, which
0: was a terrific experience. Brilliant. And how did you, how did you find um, your assistant manager role firstly at Sunderland? How how was that? How was that as an introduction to, to what became a management role? Well, that was it, was, it was
2: it was great. I mean, it came out of the blue. I didn't really know Ken that well. Um, European Cup final for it. Um, I wasn't, um, I, I put it, I wasn't first choice if, if everyone was fit. I wouldn't be in the first choice 11, but I was in the sort of 14, 15, and was looking enough to play in a few Cup final. And uh, I still had no year left on my contract. And uh, right out of the blue, Ken Lighton approached me to, uh, to join him at Sunday as his as assistant. And I just saw that it, it would be a great opportunity for me to, uh, to get on that ladder. I had a few, uh, I had a few injuries in the previous um, twelve months, uh, so it just seemed uh, seemed a good time to start. And it was a it was a experience. Um, First year we did really well. We got them uh, got them promoted straight back into the top divisions. Uh, and we thought we cracked it. We thought we were flying. And then the uh, the chairman of the club changed. Um, and he was uh, a very very difficult man to deal with. Uh, both Ken and I were still relatively inexperienced in, in management, and we found him very very difficult to deal with. Anyway, we got we got the sack there in, uh, in the airport. Uh But I, I, it was a great experience. And,
0: uh, I was out of work for a while, then I went to uh, when you say I went back to Forest. Fantastic. Uh, and, uh, and fantastic and in first impressions of Orient as a club what you know how were the facilities what was you know facilities first how was that compared to obviously Sunderland. a club like Forest and obviously Sunderland well it didn't compare Sunderland I
2: mean Forest didn't love but very good for Sunderland <laughs> I mean, were <laughs>
0: show who those difficult characters were or rather, rather keep quiet on that? That's a shame. And obviously, how how was your relationship with the fans? And obviously, a difficult kind of introduction to Warren, it sounds like. Did the fans stick by you, or? (laughs) Well, the
2: relationship with the fans was alright because I was the assistant.
1: on the manager's back the whole time I mean because in in, in modern day in in a results driven sort of industry if you like and when the results aren't going your way the fans seem to have sort of rather short short memories or or, or sort of lack of patience so what what were they like back then has it changed at all do you think or are they sort of still quite quick to interesting. I experienced the first of many financial crisis, crises at the club. Right. Um, having, having
2: managed to keep them up, um, Ken and I were told that the budget was going to have to be cut way back, the player, player budget was going to have to be cut back, it was going to have to be a real austerity program. And, and Ken found that very difficult to accept, so they sacked him really. And uh, then it offered me the job, and it was, it was Uh, I would obviously be loyal to him but they they sacked and paid his contract up and they offered me the job. If I had turned that down, I'd have been
0: out of work with uh, with nothing, you know. Absolutely. Were you were you surprised to be offered the job? You know, had you seen had you seen it coming, or or did you think the yeah. club would pipe for someone else? it was
2: Right out of the blue. Um, so anyway, let me cut the story short. I decided to
0: take it. Glad you did. Did you ask?
2: Yeah,
1: it's always the way. Did I mean often we've heard in sort of more recent time where uh, a manager is asked to leave his position, um, and then the assistant takes over. I mean, is there any awkward feeling from the uh, from your sort of obviously ex boss, I suppose, that you've suddenly sort of jumped in, uh, jumped in his shoes, as it were? Uh, the most recent one I can think of actually was. Um, when uh, Mick McCarthy got sacked at Wolves and his assistant Terry, can't remember his name, got, got the position, I mean, it, it can work in well, funny ways. Well, it wasn't, yeah, you
2: know, it wasn't. I mean, I, I, you know, I've never been behind Kent's back or anything. It no. I mean, what really for me is that the, that the club honoured the um, honoured the remainder of Kent's contract. Yeah. Which wasn't the case
0: in an old day, it was still in the case, but even more so, then. Yeah, absolutely. contract so they, you know, they were they treated him honourably in that way. And as I say, I needed a work, so so I took the job. It was a little bit difficult for a while, but it last three months. And how did the players react to you? Because obviously you were their assistant manager, so you made you made the step up. Was their reaction as you expected? Did did some players find it weird to play for you, or you know, was everyone behind you as soon as you got the job?
1: So how did you go about recruiting? I started off the season with
2: 14 senior players.
0: So, so, the board were realistically with their expectation, they didn't kind of appoint you and were expecting an unrealistic promotion push at that point. They were kind of, you know, like you said, aware of what the consequences of a lack of budget would bring. Absolutely, and was and was the relegation. And this might sound a bit weird, but a good thing for the clubs. Obviously, you got relegated, and obviously some players would have had to have left. But then, you, I guess you might have been able to bring some of your own players in, or you know, or, or get some free transfers, or bring some youth players through who you wouldn't have had the opportunity to bring through had you not been relegated. No, I just weren't like that. No. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were still uh, we were still battling along, trying to survive. Um, Uh, Neville Ormond took over the chairmanship and uh, he did his best for the club but um, he wasn't a a multi-millionaire by any means. Tony Wood, it, it, you know, you've been speculating you had a great relationship, you know, with Tony Wood. So when, so when Tony Wood does turn up, do expectations change? You know, how did you find him as a chairman t- to work for? to have like to kind of go through that with you, you know, and take the pressure off instantly I guess.
1: didn't he? Yeah, he was a dream to work for, you know, and uh, I, uh, I had a great relationship with him. Fantastic. And, uh, you mentioned earlier one name that, that we, we basically, I mentioned earlier about um, us putting questions, you know, asking the sort of or- Leighton Orient community for some, you know, for any questions that they might have and uh, one of them interestingly was, was on one of uh, the players that you signed that you mentioned a moment ago, um, Alan Comfort, Um, And someone on the uh, message forum by the name of Adamski asks, what happened so that you were able to turn Alan Comfort from who at other clubs had been nothing more than a bit part performer, and he felt perhaps he was when he first arrived at Brisbane Road, into a player who is up there with the best we've ever had. What was it that you did or helped or coached in in Alan that that made him to be one of our all-time greats? (laughs) I <laughs> don't <laughs>
0: Absolutely superb players you've just mentioned there, Frank. All still very highly thought of late in Orient. I remember when I first started going to Orient, Steve Castle was, was yeah. you know the one all, all the kids kind of aspired aspired to be. You know the good looking, skillful footballer. Yeah, in the centre of the park playing around, and Terry Howard was, was pretty good at, good at dead ball situations. At, yeah, Terry Howard free kicks. Right. You no, know, yeah, absolute legend at the club.
1: Sort of introduction that we made was from the late Orient The Complete Record by Nilsson N. Kaufman and Alan E. Ravenhill um, there, there's a, an interesting quote in there that from, from yourself saying Kevin Howes was one of my best ever signings is that, is that right?
0: uh, uh-huh. great story, you know I think I think with the modern day footballer, you hear about some of them not going to to certain clubs it w- which would be a good career because of the money aspect of it, and it's just really refreshing to hear that about about Kevin Howes you know and, and a great signing for the club, but going back to the uh, the promotion season of 88-89 that you skimmed over so at the beginning of that season it didn't start too well. it was a bit, bit of a difficult start to that season what did you going into that season did you feel that promotion could be a realistic Uh, expectation or did you expect to be up there come the end of the season Banana skin that was, you know, it was like you said, a difficult draw. Even though they were, they were a few divisions below, they were they were doing well in their respective league. So obviously, we also got Kevin Campbell that season on a loan deal. How did that come about? Did you approach Arsenal? Did you know about him, or did Arsenal kind of offer him down to us?
1: really well for us didn't it?
0: So, I mean, you mentioned Lee Harvey and Mark Cooper there. And me and Paul were just sitting here, smiling to one another. So, I mean, you know that, that that team in the eight eight nine ours. season was just an absolutely superb team. So we finished we finished sixth in the league and got to the playoffs. So we ended up uh, drawing Scunthorpe, well, not drawing, playing against Scunthorpe in the playoffs. I mean, how do you prepare for the playoffs? I mean, you know, oh, sorry, Scarborough, sorry. Yeah, we've heard that. One, one of the questions we've got from Matt Roper, who runs the uh, the Pandemonium, was just about that, saying, "What were your thoughts throughout the ninety minutes away at Scarborough in the playoff semi final when we were so under the cosh? And what's it like being a manager in that situation? You know, how how did you deal with it? And what are you saying to your players throughout that ninety minutes to kind of mo well to kind of get them prepared?" Well, well. Superb, and so obviously we went through to the final, and we uh, had Wrexham, and then you know back back in the 88-89 season, it wasn't a one-off; it was a an away leg and a home leg, which is probably better now considering Orient's history. Now with with the uh, yeah. with the one match playoff, so Wrexham again, how do you prepare for that? Obviously, you've got down to what is a two-legged cup final to get in the league above. So obviously, the financial element is massive, the league element is massive. You know, how how, how do you prepare for for a match like that?
1: Um, I I wanted to raise his weight. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I remember this. The, the the day of the second leg was the day we're gonna get married. And and literally they had a helicopter to take him from that game to the wedding, didn't they, in Ireland? Yeah,
2: they had a, they had a, a
1: And he was being, um, it was all being filmed, I think, for a, a television company or a magazine who basically chartered a helicopter and a car, and they were going to film the whole thing. Yeah, the newspaper, I think it was, on, the, on that television. Newspaper, yeah. <laughs>
0: and uh, I was quite happy when they did that in fact I kind of hope and courage a bit yeah the gods were smiling down, down, down that day for the, uh, with the midday kick off so to be fair you know the police in London on, 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 at that time on, on bank holiday was uh, fairly adamant that uh, uh, the games had to kick off at, uh, at 12 o'clock anyway so they were they wanted to do that and um, it was just a matter of then uh, telling like the football league you know, if the
1: police want to do it then you have to do it And look, play. He was off down the tunnel literally as the whistle blew. I read an interview uh, no. that someone did. Literally the whistle blew and he was on his toes down the tunnel, <laughs> literally getting into a car with all his gear still in his football boots. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he'd have been we in more sure. trouble if he hadn't made that. <laughs> we had to make sure he brought his kid back, no, we
0: couldn't afford it. I mean, <laughs> So the away leg against Wrexham finishes nil-nil, so we bring it back to Brisbane Road and all to play for, so do you just want to talk us through that 90 minutes again from from your perspective, you know, a a tight game, a one-off game to essentially get in the league above? full time whistle obviously, you know, you work, you know, months to, to get to that position, you know, is it euphoric? Is it is it relief? Is it just your you know, complete meltdown? Well really, it really, um you know, it's one of the a relief that we get that managed to get through and uh and fantastic,
2: you know, let uh, let everybody go and celebrate
0: and enjoy themselves. Fantastic and a great achievement and you know that 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 day is still mentioned massively by Orient fans. You know, yeah. it's that's when me and Paul first started going, and and you know you speak to anyone, if the, you know their top three moments are Orient. You know, maybe even top one moment. Up, you know, I would Get say, and, and that Wrexham game is is still up there, and the, the highlights are still on YouTube, and you know, it's easily accessible to the next generation. That's one of the great things about the internet, I guess, with football, is that fans can look back on that day and, you know, players like Mark Cooper and Lee Harvey and, and Paul Hild and Terry Howard and Steve Castle, all, and, you know, yourself as an Orient manager, you'll always be remembered for that day because that, that, that highlights is, is always available. Yeah, yeah, always right. It was, a great day. it was a great day. Fantastic. Absolutely. So the season after, you said, we kind of... We finished mid table, I think it was. We we about fourteen. About fourteen. So, you know, we stayed up how was that season as an adjustment? Did you find there was still as much expectation or you know, or did you find it harder to bring in players as a newly promoted manager?
1: followed on with the next season as well, didn't it? In uh, we, we finished sort of reasonably well. went to for a lot of money Yeah quite a lot of money yeah. which was which was great, it was good, you know we thought we that uh we got you know we made a really good profit from it. And uh we couldn't obviously deny Alan the chance of going to at a high level. That didn't work out so well for him unfortunately. He got injured didn't he? yeah shame but we 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 finished quite strongly we finished i think a place higher according to our research uh than we'd finished the previous season
0: How did you find it as an adjustment? So, obviously, you know, you're know, you used to managing the team and having that relationship with the players. How, how did you find the adjustment to, as you said, managing director? Was it difficult for you or was it fairly straightforward? Well, well it wasn't difficult for me. I, uh, um, it was something that I, you know, I enjoyed doing. I enjoyed running the whole club. Uh, that, that my relationship with Tony was an enormous help in that You know, the... Actually, but um, you know, he, he, he supported me totally. Uh, uh, more or less, gave me the um, authority to make make all the decisions at the club. Uh, as long as it, uh, as long as it didn't reach the uh, you know our financial uh, parameters. And I really enjoyed it. I had a good relationship with Peter most of the time. You had know, the occasional row, of course, but like all football, man, if he wanted to sign more players and I as a manager's director, uh the C A get want to call, uh tell me we couldn't afford it. Yeah. so uh, we had a few uh, disagreements about that, but it was uh, it was good. I was really enjoying it. Absolutely, and then obviously in ninety three Forest came in for you and you ended up being manager on Forest. I mean, you know, as an ex player anyone would hold a grudge against you for going going to a a massive club like Forest and be you know one of your former teams who the relationship you've already got yeah. developed with the fans you know?
1: So you officially took over at Forest I think in May 93 if the um, Orient history book is is correct and I have no reason yeah. to doubt it. Is that right Frank? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you won promotion to the Premier League in nineteen ninety four at the first attempt and you reached the finals of the UEFA Cup in the ninety five-96 season. Um ninety six.
2: We'll go to the quarter final US
1: the club. Oh right, okay. <laughs> it's
2: that's, that's
1: and finish night and appropriate. So cracking the, start then. Yeah, we uh yeah, we were doing okay
2: and then uh, the club were uh again offered quite the money the, at the end of the club yeah. the club was looking to uh, to finance the uh, the current uh, way that the club was run.
1: Yeah. Just slightly before that, though, when you sort of got into the Premier League at the sort of first attempt, you got the LMA Manager of the Year award. No, got, yeah, Ninety-four. No.
2: Yeah, I got that when we
0: finished third in the Premier third. League. Third. Okay. Very. Yeah, amazing. It, it, incredible. It, absolutely amazing achievement. Yeah, and I guess you must have been manager when when the when, um, Forest beat Liverpool one 0 when it was on Sky Sports, and Sheringham scored that goal. I guess you, 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 the first Premiership game um, for Forest was on TV, wasn't it? Was it against Liverpool and, Sh- and you won one 0 and Sheringham, Teddy Sheringham scored. Oh no, 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 you got the wrong yeah I wasn't there when Teddy was oh. like there. Ah, yeah, probably probably up. yeah
1: up, Okay, so you left Forest. Um, and in December nineteen ninety six, you then took a job um, at Manchester City, but you left a year later. But you found out you were leaving via radio en route to the training ground. Is is that right? Yeah. Well, not, not en route to the training ground. I was. i would, um, I'd been there 14, 14 months, and uh, I I was I rented a rented a, 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 an apartment up there. I right. Was, uh, I was, I, was, I was running in a park I was getting ready to go to training. And I heard the, uh, the Manchester the local radio station. And that was, uh, that was really a big story that the Manchester City manager was being sacked in the morning that morning. And, and Joe Roy was taking over. No, and that was the first I heard of it. Wow. It's not a nice way to find out. Right. There was a reason really I away
2: because the job was was becoming
1: uh, intolerable. Like I was I wasn't enjoying it at all. It was really really difficult. Okay. Uh, they could have uh, they could have handled it better. So we we'll, we've covered sort of your career. We don't want to sort of harp on about the sort of the the, the more negative aspects of it. So coming back to um, late Norwich, what, what, what would be your best team?
0: So so your best eleven of who yes, played yes. under you, so we'll go for for keeper first. Would it be What's Best eleven, that'll be that is there. It Paul Hill, yeah, probably was the best
2: goalkeeper on
0: the ever Absolutely, in de- in defence. I mean there's there's a lot of big big defenders there to choose from, so we you talking about as a manager or, or all the time I've been at Orient, because don't forget when I first got there the assistant, you know, I to... Let let's let's say all the time you've been at Orient, we'll say. Yep.
1: We just tried to get an idea about sort of names in each position and uh, obviously there's going to be, um, when you're at a club for quite a period of time, there's all, always going to be sort of the odd player that, that, that's going to sort of stick out in your mind and, and we were blessed obviously at that time when we had, a you know, over your time shall we say, that obviously there'd be a number of players for the same position that would, would stand out.
0: to absolute legends you've mentioned there. Are you still in contact with any of them at all? Do you still, do you still speak to them at all? That's a beautiful
1: story. Yeah, it's nice that people do keep in touch. Which now is the one of the probably read one of the best in the country. Yeah, yeah the award winning. Yeah. It's the legacy that you've left now because, you know, people have championed that, taken it forward. It's won many, many awards. And interestingly, there was a quote in the book as well. I always look back at my time with Orient as being rather special. It was just a wonderful moment in time. Winning promotion is something I will never forget. We had a good set of players and they deserve their success. Do you remember that?
0: Should we move on to the forum questions that we got? Yeah, why not? So, um, so we, we posted on the forums, Frank, uh, on, the, on the Orient forums, that we, we had an interview. And so these questions are from supporters who obviously, you know, are fond of the time that you spend at the club. So, so we'll, we'll crack on from the first one, um, which is from Mad Frankie.
1: He says, um, can you ask Frank if he remembers a proposed transfer deal that unfortunately never materialised? This was a story that he heard from Barry Silkman, who was a former O's player turned agent. Apparently, Silkman was acting uh, as agent for Steve Bruce and Tony Cascarino, um, and offered one of the two players for £30,000, or £60,000 for both. Any, is any that, truth in is that Accurate at all? No, no.
2: he is a bit of a romantic,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> um... Steve Bruce and, and Tony Cascarino were playing in Gillingham uh, when I first came to Oregon. And they were two top, top players. I, I kept telling everybody who would listen, um, friends that I had who worked in the, in the top league, that Steve Bruce, this lad of Gillingham, they should go and watch him. And I mean, he was looking at him. He was—he was going to be a player. Uh, I thought he was a colossus, you know. Um, and Cascarino.
0: There was a, there was another Irish player. Uh, Whose name I can't remember. Uh, who be, uh, Could have got us for, uh, for a, on a free for. I think it was about four hundred uh, pounds a week. I think. And we just at the time we couldn't afford to wait. And a question from um, another question from Mad Frankie is when Ken Knighton and yourself first arrived. I heard the first thing that Ken did was to smash up a portable TV that Stan Bow- Bowles kept in the dressing room. Any truth in that, or is that just rumour? I can't remember that. <laughs>
1: and 10 others from the forum also asked, how highly did you rate the late Peter Angel? Or Angel? Well, I did not know Peter very well. I mean, uh, uh, he left the club, I think, before I got there. Oh, right, OK.
0: very good what he did because everybody in the club spoke very very highly right we had um, also a lot of questions about the the infamous infamous Burnley game where what what do you recall about that Frank well we went up to uh, play Burnley and it was the last game of the season
1: Uh, we needed to win to get to the playoffs the <laughs> Similar to our <laughs> Oxford. Similar to our yeah. Oxford uh, campaign in 2006, where we won promotion but relegated Oxford. Yeah. Way to win that game um, and obviously if the results go your way you'll deal with it and if, if it doesn't then everyone everyone's a winner really To the Orient faithful, um, uh, the Battle of Brisbane Road in 1991. Apparently, it was titled. Um, obviously, Orient won uh, 4-2, um, and uh, it was the first time we'd beaten them in years. But um, you know, they kicked and cheated their way through that game. Um, and going down the tunnel, uh, which was in the old East Stand at the time, um, apparently, it all went off. Do you have any knowledge or recollection of that at all? <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I do have, yeah. <laughs> what? Right do you, in the of it. Yeah. You're right. It, it was one of those games where uh, it had all been going off, and uh, I thought
1: there was going to be uh, there might be some trouble in the tunnel at the end. Uh, so I went down to try and try to make sure that uh, it did not. and finished up right in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> did you give Billy? Did you give Billy Manuel a clump? Oh no, I didn't hit anybody at all, but I, I remember big Terry Evans. You remember, I don't know why you don't remember, maybe you don't remember Terry Evans, he was a centre half player for Brentford, he must have been six feet six, um, and built like the proverbial outhouse. <laughs> I, I remember him wrapping his arms around me and saying, Just keep quiet now, I'll get you out of here. And he, he kind of threw me, half oh, my hand on me, threw me down the tunnel out of the way. I was quite grateful that I get out of the way, because uh, I ended up right in the middle of it. Wow, but did it get a bit naughty in the tunnel afterwards? Were there sort of fisty fisticuffs and...? No, absolutely, yeah. it was all off, yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, it, got, uh, it got a bit heated, uh, to say the least. Wow, well at least the O's, the O's got a win. At least we got the win though, that's we the most the important win. thing. Um... We can't really, nobody, would, uh, nobody really got to do anything,
1: you know. Yeah, absolutely. So na- nowadays you're you're quite involved with the LMA, aren't you? Well, I'm vice chairman, but I don't, uh, I don't have a, a very active involvement. I'm not, you know, I'm not involved with in day-to-day running of it. Right. Um,
2: but I, uh, I do, I do a few bits and pieces for them on on various uh, panels and committees, but, uh, but I'm not actively involved on a day-to-day basis. I'm, I'm retired, really. I do a little bit of work for the FA uh, on judicial panels occasionally, and a, a bit of work for the football league
1: on on transfer tribunals. Okay. What um, sort of b- b- being sort of perhaps more on the sort of upper end of the pyramid now? Um, do you think the poor decisions um, that clubs are making in appointing managers uh, have a damaging effect on the England game, on the English game, um, which the club and national game seem to never recover from?
0: Frank, a lot of clubs now seem to be looking towards foreign managers without even considering experienced or up-and-coming young managers from the UK. Do you think that's going to be a problem for the national game? And if so, what is there anything the FA can do or, or the LMA to change that?
1: to a question that we had from an exile in Canberra, Australia. Um, We have supporters, believe it or not, globally. Um, And one of the guys on the forum um, has asked, why was Brian Clough so successful? Uh, Was it uh, his basic intellect? Did he have a tactical brain? Um, what, what, What sort of made him stand out?
0: And the way that he played, and, uh, and just this, this skill of, uh, of minding people, you of, uh, know, of getting the best out of, uh, of everybody that works him. Absolutely, yeah. which is which is
1: which is a basic skill that you don't need a football degree or or, or coaching badge to do. Just general man management is, you know, is one of those basic sort of life skills that, that everybody yeah. uses in in everyday life, whether you're in football or working in an office. Really, it's just a basic thing that if you can do that. Yeah, but uh, with, with, with him it was uh, it was instinctive. Um, he just had this uh, this great uh, belief in himself.
2: You know, he did have a, a, a great belief in himself, at, uh, yeah. uh, uh, and, and his methods, and um, he was able to get that across
1: to uh, everybody in work And it's interesting that you mention that character trait about the late Brian Clough because it's often mentioned by a lot of the current late Orient squad about how great at man management the current manager Russell Slade is so it's obviously something that breeds success because under Russell Slade we've had some fantastic um, times and, and, and you know no less than last season when we made it to Wembley and we'd had a tremendous season only to be outdone by uh, we're pipped to the sort of promotion post by sort of high High-spending Wolves and, and and Brentford, and and we lost um, to, to to Rotherham in in the final. But you know the players do do credit the enjoyment of their football um, and and being part of a team to the to the manager and his man management skills. So it's obviously something that's a key ingredient. A yeah. Absolutely, yeah. fingers crossed he'll stay at the club. Fingers crossed, Abso- absolutely, yeah. And um, there seems to be a bit of a. Yeah. So, just just wanted to sort of wrap up really with uh, sort of two or three sort of quick fire questions if we may, um, Frank. Um, so what who who's your biggest regret th- th- player that you've sold? What would be your biggest regret in selling a player? Did you did you have any regret selling players? Well, not really. I mean, they don't want them good player to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Burton and Ricky Bart Williams. Oh yeah. A, a, a wonderful opportunities for the two of them, you know, so yeah. and the club the club got very well uh, uh, uh,
0: recompense for both of them. Um, so you just have to say, well, that's you know, that's that's life, that's really, and yeah. good That's also very successful. Absolutely. Uh, so, Frank, biggest influence in your career. Okay. You- as a player or as a manager Influence Did he say? Yeah, influence yeah
1: career what would be your career highlight because you've had a few what would, say what would be your pinnacle would you say what would be your 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 career highlight One final question Frank and thanks so much for your time um, we uh, had some a couple of people sort of interacting on, on one of the Leighton Orient forums um, while you were on tour in I, th- I believe it was Scandinavia um, someone um, I don't know sort of how they came to be but at the hotel you were staying at um, perhaps a young lady was was murdered and there was some sort of an investigation and, and all the players Okay, oh, so okay, okay. That, that would be something that you would remember if, if you were in I don't think I was the moment there. I can't remember Or as a player when you were away with Forest, maybe? No. No? Okay. That's fine, that's not a problem. We can we can yeah, fair play. deal with that one, that's not a problem. Thank Thank you so much, Frank. We, we've taken so much of your Sunday evening. We are truly grateful and um, just want you to know that you are still very, very highly regarded and, and always thought of
0: uh, by, by the fans down at, down at Brisbane Road still. Yeah, absolutely, Frank. It's been a pleasure uh, to talk to you in an interview. It's been an absolute, absolute honour. So, yeah, thank you for taking the, the time out. And we'll give a bigger Orient Outlook round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Mr. Frank Clark. Fantastic. Fantastic. And Frank, obviously any time you, you you know you want to come down to, to Orient to watch a game you can get in contact with us and you know we will try and sort out a ticket for you and you know everyone would love to see you down there. I'm sure you know, if, if, if you were to go down there, you know, the supporters club would be just erupt. Be brilliant. Thank you, Frank. Take care. Bye bye.